Well, good day and welcome to the online ministry for St. Augustine's Anglican Church in Inverell. My name's Matt. It's great you're watching along with us today. Uh, this ministry has been prepared for Sunday the 30th of October. This is our fifth Sunday in the month. Uh, hear these words of Psalm 16 as we begin. Lord, you show us the path that leads to life. Your presence fills us with joy and your help brings pleasure forever. Well, with those true words ringing in our ears, let's go to a time of praise. Before him 
significant people uh in your life um <laughs> immediately the two of us um we have four adult children the eldest is married um in newcastle and she has four kids and the our son is also married and in newcastle and they have two kids um and then our two younger daughters are in One's in Sydney at Bible College and the other one is in Melbourne and she's in the Navy doing language learning. Uh, what did you do before all of this? Okay, well, um, spent a long time in the mining industry, so about 30 years. Uh, we have done church everywhere we've been. Um, so I've seen a lot of church mm. and moved around a lot. And we've lived in Gunnedah, Rockhampton, Central Queensland, Tom Price, Northwest WA, Singleton, and then more time around Newcastle, Lake Macquarie. So a few different places. Tell us, how is Astrid Graham and Alungra, uh, three centres, how is it going? Uh, it's fantastic. It's been a wonderful blessing. We, when, I, when Rod first mentioned it, we thought, ah, 600 people, not big enough. You know, how are we going to cope? But I think after about the one month stage, we thought, no, this is, this is actually really good. You know, and this is the wonderful thing about Armadale Diocese. This is the concern and love for small communities like this, giving us a house and all that. We're just blown away by just the concern for a small community and 20 every Sunday. But it just, it's, it's so um, special to us to be able to serve them, uh, feed them and, and what we get in return. What are you, what are you feeding them? Well, I'm having a crack at doing sermons. Um, right. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning as I go along, and, and uh, Adam's been very patient with me. Uh, it's a wonderful thing just to be able to dive into the Bible and, and pray on what, what the congregations need to know here. Doing that, so we're working through Mark at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's a great thing. I yeah, love it. Mm. Mm. Uh, how many sermons have you preached now in your life, Dave? <laughs> well, probably two hands, less than two hands. Less than two hands. That's good for people to know. What are the big things coming up at, in Ashford, Graham and Alungra? Anyway, back to church Sunday. We pinched the idea off this guy. Um, and uh, we're just, we just doing the same thing, just making up a little leaflet, uh, drop it in 300 um, uh, post boxes uh, in town, out of town. Come along. Love to see you. So that's coming up on the 6th of November. So we'd really value some prayer for that. In Ashford. In Ashford. On the 26th of November, we've got a youth event. Uh, it's called the Big Youth Group Scramble. There's a real need uh, for church, uh, sorry, for youth outreach. Mm -hmm. So that on the 26th, it's a big afternoon of, yeah, fun for the kids, uh, leading up to a dinner, then leading up to a talk. So we'd really value prayers for that. Awesome. Well, we're really grateful that you're there um, serving the Lord and serving God's people. And um, thanks for being a blessing. Uh, to them and um, and this is just another stepping stone because you're heading off to college again so there's lots of things that we can be praying about uh, for the woods 
and uh, for the ministry there in Ashford Ground and Delungra, which is which is our ministry too. It's part of the Inverell Parish, the work here from the Inverell Parish. Well, that was Dave and Margie Wood. Uh, they're out looking after the churches in Ashford, Graman and, and Delungra. Uh, and so let me encourage you to be keeping them in your prayers as well. Well, as we come to hear God's word now, let me pray. A God of power and mercy, only with your help can we offer you fitting service and praise. And so may we live the faith we profess and trust your promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Uh, well, our Bible readings today start in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, beginning at verse 14 and going through to chapter 4, verse 5. Our psalm for today is Psalm 119, starting at verse 9 and going through to verse 16. And our New Testament reading that I'll be sharing from in just a moment is from Acts chapter 6, going through to verse 7, uh, from verse 1 that is. So I encourage you, friends, take a moment now, pause the video, and have a read through of those Bible passages. Uh, these are great passages that uphold the Word of God. And so we want to do that. We want to do that now as we read. Uh, so do that, and we'll come back in a moment, and I'll share from Acts chapter 6. Well, friends, let me pray. Lord God, we give you thanks that we can look at your Word, that we can access it freely, and that we can let you speak into our lives. And so, Father, we pray that you would do that for us today. Amen. You can't have too much of a good thing. I wonder if you've said that before. Uh, I know I have. But is it true, though? I reckon the more you think about it, the more you realise that it may not actually be the case. I mean, I could spend all of my time relaxing, but then nothing would get done. Or I could spend all my time doing good and important work, but then I'd be neglecting my family. A saying like, you can never have too much of a good thing, it just isn't true in the end. Because there are so many good things that are competing for our time. And some of these good things we need to prioritise more than others. And as we see in Acts 6 today, it's the same when it comes to the church and ministry and our Christian lives. We need to keep the main thing the main thing, or the spread of the gospel and, and our spiritual health, it's, it'll be impacted. Now, this is the last talk in our little series in the book of Acts, and on our way through, we're seeing the church grow as we follow Jesus' resurrection and ascension. But it's not without opposition. Now, we've seen two attacks already against the church. Firstly, two weeks ago, we saw the church was attacked from the outside. There was persecution. There was pressure to stop speaking about Jesus. Then last week, there was a tax on the inside. There was corruption within the, within the community. In our passage today, it rounds out a third attack against the growing church. Now, you may not have even seen or noticed that there was a threat there, as we read it, Acts 6. But there is. And out of the three attacks of the devil, if you want to call them that, this is his cleverest. So let's jump into the text and see what's going on here. And as we do, we'll see that there's a problem, there's a solution, and there's a result. So first of all, the problem. Have a look with me, verse 1. Uh, the writer, Luke, he says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. 
Now, as the church grows, so does the amount of people who need care and support. And there are two kind of cultural groups here on display, and one of them feels like they've been given the short end of the stick. Now, there's no suggestion from Luke that there's actually any deliberate overlooking going on here, but nonetheless, grumbling starts. And so problem one, this is not just a welfare issue, this is an issue of division. And it's an issue present in many churches today. Something happens or something is said and someone takes offence, someone takes it personally and grumbling starts. Now, for the apostles, being good leaders, they deal with the unity and welfare issues both immediately and sensitively. Right? They engage the people. Verse 2 So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of God's word in order to wait on tables. Now problem two. Being the spiritual leaders, they could have stopped what they are doing. They could have devoted their time to making sure that the administration task and that the food was going out evenly was was all done. But to do that would have actually taken them away from preaching God's word. And now with thousands of people in this community, with growing generosity and also a growing number of people in need, this would have basically been a full-time position for them. Both these problems, disunity and distraction, both of them have the potential to disrupt the preaching of the gospel and the health of the church. So what's the solution then? Well, the solution for in here is delegation and equipping others to serve. Look at verse 3. They say, Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Now they delegate this task so that they can focus on their main task. Now, at this point, are the apostles saying that admin jobs aren't important enough for them to deal with? They're not. Is the caring of widows and administration of money important? You bet it is. And we know it is because they appoint a team of wise people filled with the Spirit to oversee it. Now, this kind of service, it's good. It's necessary for the church to run and to, to be a loving community. But it's not for the apostles the main thing. Now, in this context, the apostles are the ones who are primarily teaching, preaching the gospel. In fact, Jesus has specifically equipped and appointed these guys to be the bearers of the gospel, the good news of his death and resurrection. We we see that in uh, chapter 1 of Acts. This is the main game. The main thing for God is that people are hearing his word. And the other Christians here, they got that. Verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. And so we see they appointed uh, Stephen and Philip and a bunch of others. And they present them to the apostles who pray and lay their hands on them. Verse 6. Now, just to be clear, this isn't a complete separation of service. As we keep reading through the book of Acts, we see the apostles doing things other than preaching God's word. And we also see guys like Philip and Stephen who are preaching God's word, doing word ministry. And so there's not a complete separation of service here. But there is a clear priority of word ministry in the church for those who it's been appointed to. And so what's the result then, as the main thing has kept the main thing? We see it in verse 7. So the word of God spread, right? 
Grumbling, grumbling didn't spread, it stopped. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And God blesses their decision. God blesses what they're doing. The main thing for God's people is that they hear his word. Why? Because in God's word is the power for salvation. God's spirit works through his word in our lives. It's the way he grows us as disciples and followers of Jesus. Now, the book of Acts, it's all about the acts of the risen Lord Jesus as his gospel goes out. Now, Luke uses repetition at key moments in the story to comment on the health of the church and God's mission. And three times in Acts, we're given these words that begin verse 7. So the word of God spread. This happens only as the main thing is kept the main thing. And we need to make sure that God's word is the main thing in our lives as well. Now, this is true for church pastors. And so Adam, Tinegar and I, we need to make sure that we don't get too distracted by other good things that happen during the week and neglect time spent prayerfully preparing God's word each week and, and sharing it with you. But it's not just church pastors. We all need God's word to be the main thing. We need to get it in our lives. Now, time and his word, it's the way that we mature as followers of Jesus. And so if you're not regularly already spending time in God's word, outside of church that is, it'd be a great idea to start. Uh, the devil's trick from the very beginning was to take God's word away from his people. He wants us to doubt it. He wants us to neglect it. And like this story, he wants us to fill our lives full of other things that might be good, but so that they actually take us away from hearing the rich and life-changing words of God. But it's only in his word that we encounter again and again the Lord Jesus who died for us in our place and who rose again. It's a gospel that captivates our affections and our hearts and transforms them by, his, by the grace of his spirit. And so let me encourage you strongly then to keep it the main thing in your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that we do have your word. And we pray simply that we would keep your word the main thing in our lives. That you would grow us by it. That you would transform us by it. That you would let it captivate every corner of our lives. So that we can't help but respond by living for you in praise and worship. Father, we pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, we go now to a time of praise.
Bible and prayer are uh, something that plays a big part in our lives. Prayer and, and Bible study are a great influence on my life. I start my day each day praying and, um, and reading the Bible at about five o'clock in the morning, sometimes 4.30. So it has a significant role in my life. I look forward to Thursday mornings to our Zoom Bible study. We're deeply encouraged by look at God's word and Adam's explanations. And, uh, and then I look forward to the sermon to, to end. Joy and I both read our Bibles regularly, unite together, yeah, and we do a Bible study. Our Zoom Thursday is an excellent encouragement and uh, makes the sermon far and relevant to me. Prayer is a great part of our lives. We, without prayer, I think your life would be empty. And in so many ways, prayers have been answered for us. Going to church to worship with friends is, is a big been doing the lay preaching for several years. Yeah, we're in the Gideons, so... Yeah, we hand out Bibles. Both those aspects of, of Christianity, prayer and, and Bible study are critical. I think it's very important. Um, my husband died in front of me. After two or three hours of stuff happening, um, I was standing in front of our house feeling grief, fear, terror. It felt like Satan was right there. And then suddenly it came to my mind, the things that I'd been reading in the Bible in the few weeks before that, and I felt sure, I absolutely knew that God was with me, that God would help me, that God would comfort me, and I was okay. Well, friends, our passage today was all about the importance of having God's word in our lives. God is good. He's trustworthy. And so we know that his word is also good and trustworthy. Now, being a Christian, being a Bible person, has never been more of a challenge for us <clears throat> here in Australia. Society has changed quickly. God's word is no longer upheld, valued or respected in our community. And the Christian worldview is becoming increasingly irrelevant on all sorts of topics like euthanasia, like gender, like LGBTI issues. And we're called to trust God within a society that doesn't. Now, some of these contemporary topics are going to be covered in our new preaching series as we head into November. And we're going to have four weeks looking at tough questions, uh, tackling ideas like, can't we all agree that love is love? Does God care if I'm a boy or a girl? How could a loving God allow so much suffering? How could a loving God send people to hell? Now, we can sometimes struggle to answer questions like this. But uh, Adam is going to be taking us through these four weeks of tough questions. And as he does, as he prepares, can I encourage you to do a few things? Uh, the first of which is simply trust God. To trust his word. Because either God knows best or you do. Let me encourage you to decide with God. Secondly, as Adam prepares, let me encourage you to, to trust him and assume the best of him. Now, these are, these are powerful and often sensitive kind of topics and questions, and they're tough to tackle. And so as you listen, assume the best, not the worst. And the third thing to do is pray. To pray again, and to pray again. Now, keep praying. Pray that God's word would speak powerfully and sensitively into these topics. 
and that his spirit would give us soft hearts willing to obey and soft ears that are receptive to hear him speak no matter the cost. So friends, we look forward to going through this new series with you in November. Uh, Hard questions uh, do come along and be present with us for that if you can. Uh, We go to a time of prayer now. And so as usual, the blue screen will pop up with some prayer points. Uh, Are you praying for our church? Are you praying for yourselves and for what's going on in the world and community around us? Uh, Then we'll come back for a time of praise and conclude.